Hello, everyone, and welcome to another fun, fancy, and happy episode of Back to Basics, which is not at all as depressing as the last one. God, I hope. I remain to be Pastor Don because last episode did not yet kill me, and joining me is the amazing Courtney Fraley. Hi. You know, I keep making all these fun gestures, but I never know if, like, the final recording is going to put your video where I'm actually pointing to or not. So I might look That's like I'm just gesturing like a madman. You're above me in my current view, so. Yeah, you're to my left, so we'll, we'll see how it shakes out in the end. Um, wibbly wobbly something something. Yeah, wibbly wobbly. So let's go ahead and just dive right into it. Let's rip the Band-Aid off and get ourselves into some more of that sweet, sweet Genesis. <laughs> so today we are working through Genesis chapter 30, verses 25 out to the end. Uh, in the NRSVUE, it's entitled Jacob Prospers at Laban's Expense. Um, our subtitle for this episode is the one in which Pastor Don realizes the thing he said last episode may have actually been wrong. Um, so, you want to read it for us, Courtney? Yeah, sure. When Rachel had born Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, send me away that I may go to my own home and country. Give me my wives and my children for whom I have served you and let me go, for you know very well the service I have given you. But Laban said to him, if you will allow me to say so, I have learned by divination that the Lord has blessed me because of you. Name your wages and I will give it. Jacob said to him, you yourself know I have served you and how your livestock have fared with me. For you had little before I came and it has increased abundantly and the Lord has blessed you wherever I turned. But now, when shall I provide for my own household also? He said, what shall I give you? Jacob said, you shall not give me anything. If you will do this for me, I will again feed your flock and keep it. Let me pass through all your flock today, removing from it every speckled and spotted sheep and every black lamb and the spotted and speckled among the goats, and such shall be my wages. So my honesty will answer for me later when you come to look into my wages with you. Everyone that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and black among the lambs, if found with me, shall be counted stolen. Laban said, good, let it be as you have said. But that day, Laban removed the male goats that were striped and spotted and all the female goats that were speckled and spotted, everyone that had white on it and every lamb that was black and put them in, char in charge of his sons. And he set a distance of three days journey between himself and Jacob while Jacob was pasturing the rest of Laban's flock. Then Jacob took fresh rods of poplar and almond and pine or and yeah. Then Jacob took fresh rods of poplar and almond and plain and peeled white streaks in them, exposing the white of the rods. He set the rods that he had peeled in front of the flocks in the troughs, that is the watering places where the flocks came to drink. And since they bred when they came to drink, the flocks bred in front of the rods. So the flocks produced young that were striped, speckled, and spotted. Jacob separated the lambs and set the faces of the flocks toward the striped and the completely black animals in the flock of Laban and put his own droves apart and did not put them with Laban's flock. Whenever the stronger of the flock were breeding, Jacob laid the rods in the troughs before the eyes of the flock that they might breed among the rods. But for the feebler of the flock, he did not lay them there. So the feebler were Laban's and the stronger Jacob's. 
Thus the man grew exceedingly rich and had large flocks and male and female slaves and camels and donkeys. Wow, that is like going into fine detail to be like, here is the minute detail in which one man screwed over another for what fucking reason? So you remember Why? You remember in the last episode when I said we were thousands and thousands of years away from the invention of genetics? Well, shit. <laughs> Here comes Jacob proving me wrong on this shit. And that's pretty much exactly what he does is he fucks Lobot over with genetics. Um, now, at this time, it would have just simply been called animal husbandry. So I guess I could technically argue I'm still correct. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much exactly what's happening is... No, animal husbandry is basic, is basic like intuitive genetics. Yeah. You are genetically, you are genetically modifying an organism by the way that you breed it. I, so, I want some of you to take a second and take that in. This is the way we live. Yeah. Sorry, I, I'm with Steve. I take issue with people who are like, oh, GMOs, like, dude. Genetics are... You don't want to eat GMOs. Some of it. Like pick, pick, pick the things. Like go after don't, Monsanto. Don't let me tell stuff you where broccoli food. comes from. Okay, like broccoli huh? isn't broccoli. Yeah, isn't don't food. ask where broccoli or kale or cauliflower or yeah, none of those are real. Like sprouts. they're all genetically modified. Yep. Uh, uh, or do you want do you want to re eat a non-GMO banana? They're basically like this big and all seeds. So you know, it's a thing. Anywho, um, I think. Like there's, there's a lot that's happening here, but mostly it's just uh, Jacob deciding to, to fuck over Laban uh, on his way out the door. Uh, for those of you who didn't follow, because a lot of this is is legalese, uh, for lack of a better term, for the period. So the basic the basic arc of what happens here is Jacob decides, all right, it's time for me to go off and do my own thing. I'm going to go be my own tribe now. I'm I'm, you know, I'm ready. Uh, yeah, we're our our amoebas are separating. Um, and I am it's not, my time. <laughs> I'm gonna go up and do my own, my own thing. Um, and there's the whole legalistic exchange between the two of them. The, oh, God has blessed me through you, yada, yada. It's, it's ancient legal language. The establishment of covenants and stuff is all done in that way. So this is kind of legal language of separation that's happening here. And they're, they're basically negotiating the terms of separation. And what they settle on is basically, all right, you'll take this chunk of the flock and you'll go over here and then I'll take my chunk of the flock and go over here and then there'll be a period of time where the flocks are going to just fuck and then you know any new production that is looks like it's mine will then be shipped to me and vice versa um and then after a time when the flocks are sufficiently heterogeneous then we'll go on our separate ways uh animal husbandry as a means of covenant separation is basically what it is and where Jacob gets the upper hand here is rather than just simply setting and you've been watching the flock so he figured out how genetic how oh this is how yeah. you get the speckly ones huh yeah he watched ghost fuck for a while and figured out what to do um so that, that he did and this is like in these covenant styles at the time to do this kind of separation you'd name a number in the negotiation give me x number of sheep and goats and get what have you um and jacob doesn't do that he does it by physical trait which is ab an abnormal way of doing that. And what's more is he chooses a particular set of traits that are not common. Um, so like speckled or brown, brown or black sheep, like those are recessive traits. They're not common traits. Jacob, of course, knows here, um, recessive or not, like a sheep is still a sheep, whether it's white or brown. So it doesn't really much matter. It's just simply a trait. So he uses that to select them, gets them all off to the side and has them start breeding. 
Uh, and result being that you do still get some of the predominant trait produced in the first few generations, and those get shipped back, but the majority are of the recessive trait. Um, so thus endeth the genetics lessons for the day. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Um, that's the basic arc of what happens here. And yeah, Joseph, or sorry, not Joseph, uh, Jacob comes out on top with this shit in, in a very clear way. Uh, so having having given the run through now, what are your thoughts? I do think it's hilarious that this is clearly like verse 37 onward mm. is just like, here's how to, you know, you can easily scientifically reproduce what Jacob is doing here. Here is his, <laughs> this, 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 this chapter reads like a lab report. Well, it may, that may well be the intent, but I do want to, I'm going to read this selection out of, um, out of, um, what's the name of Alter's commentary here, uh, where they're talking about verse 38 in particular. Uh, he says, the mechanism of Jacob's ingenious scheme has long perplexed commentators. At least on the surface, it appears to involve the age-old belief that sensory impressions at the moment of conception affect the embryo. Here, the peeled rods with their strips of white against the dark bark would impart the trait of spots or brindle markings to the offspring conceived. Uh, the same effect would then be achieved for the sheep by making them face the flocks of speckled goats during their own mating time. Uh, Yehuda Felix, an authority on biblical flora and fauna, has proposed that the peeled rods are only a dodge, a gesture to popular belief, while Jacob is actually practicing sound principles of animal breeding. Uh, using a Mendelian table, Felix argues that the recessive traits would have shown up in about 25% of the animals born in the first breeding season, and so on and so forth. Um, it's noteworthy, they says at the end, that Jacob makes no mention of the peeled rods when in the next chapter he tells his wife how he got the flocks. Um, so the likely scenario here is that, uh, at least according to Alter, that the whole peeled rods and all that other stuff is him kind of putting on a show for Laban. Oh, that's how I did. When really all he was doing was practicing basic husbandry and genetics. Um, trying to, trying to get himself as many of them spotted animals as he could. And it works. Um, so we we get here the the our first impression of Jacob as a showman, uh, which will will come back later in the creation of a Technicolor dream coat for his son, um, but that's for a later story and or musical. Should we do a musical episode? We should do a musical episode, shouldn't we? <laughs> uh, I can sing, but should I? Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Um, Anyway, so that's, that's the general arc of it. It's just basically legal trickery and a handful of good genetics. Uh, but did anything else jump out at you with this one? God, at some point, but it just went off the road. It does do that. Um, um, hang on. It is noting that the first thing he says, uh, give me my wives and my children whom I've served you that I may go for you know the service I've done to you. Like, there is an element of possession transfer that's happening here that doesn't just mean the livestock because the wives and the children are also considered property of the household uh, in that way. So like he's asking Laban, my wives and my children, uh, give, give to me, please make them my property now because they are technically your property because you are the patriarch. Yeah. Um, so there's that exchange. And then there's also, which I'm guessing you might jump on that at some point, verse 27. Uh, for I have learned by divination. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, 
Um, I'm so accustomed to that kind of stuff being in the Bible and gradually learning the actual intent is rather interesting. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, I'll bite. Allow this me to is... read you the exact same passage from, um, from um, Alter's translation. It says as follows. And Laban said to him, if pray, I have found favor in your eyes. I have prospered and the Lord has blessed me because of you. And he said, name your wages and I will give them to you. Uh, or name your wages that I may give them. That's the time. No mention of divination anywhere in there. So that is not something that is rooted in the text. So I'm going to do the un unusual, well, not unusual for me, um, but I'm going to do the, the bit where I bring up the Hebrew here of 27 um, and see if we can find anything that looks like divination. Um, favor, oh, bless me, I've learned by experience. Yeah, not a damn thing that seems to suggest divination here. So why is it in there? Even in this version, this is the version of the Bible you suggest reading, right? Yeah, I, I mean, it's the best one we have here. Now, then why did they, what, what's with the divination thing if it's not there in the Hebrew? This is, I think we have nahas, I think is our, our verb at play. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Um, the verb nahas is what is generally translated in the King James, it's translated as I have learned by experience. Um, but certain later readers, American translations started talking about this as divination. And so they kind of entered into random lexicon as having a, uh, a divination, an enchantment aspect to it. And the KJV itself translates this as divination often enough, um, because learning by experience and divination are kind of not dissociated in the ancient world. Um, so what we're having here is a question of, is he talking about the magical art of divination or is he talking about learning by experience? Um, the simple answer to that, I would say, is it's not about learning by experience. Like this is one where I disagree with the NRSVUE very, very firmly, uh, because what we have here is contract language. Uh, so uh, the idea of this being something mystical doesn't seem like it fits with the definition of what's happening here. So yeah, I do disagree with the NRSVUE on its translation here. It's, it doesn't make sense to me to, to talk about this as divination. Make sense? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Anything else you want to pick at with this guy here? Like, it, it, it's a surprisingly straightforward little bit of text here, but there is a lot that happens. Uh, most I, I, I fear that I know the answer. Okay. What? Why? Th this guy, Laban, he's like, I'll give you anything to stay. And then, like, when he's like, well, I'm going to be leaving anyway, so here, here's what I would like you to give me. And he's like, done. All right. And then he screws him over. Jacob screws him over. Why? Is it just because this family are assholes? Well, like, let's, let's look at a couple of pieces to this first. Uh, first off, Jacob and Laban do not have the best of relationship. Remember that he fucked them over about wives not too long ago. Like, Laban has not been averse to fucking Jacob over. 
literally when it comes down to fucking admittedly jacob's not good at identifying women so he kind of played himself with that one um but you know laban definitely pulled a fuck over on him and i want to remind you that what we're having here the whole name your price and it's yours sort of language this isn't literal this is um kind of ritualistic contract language um the the typical form here would be to say name what you want and it's yours and then he'll name something and then he'll negotiate and there'll be a back and forth where jacob got the upper hand is he named something that laban wouldn't give a shit about getting rid of like yeah all the speckled and spotted and brown sheep and shit like that's all that's it that's all you sure why the hell not right like it seems to Laban in that moment to be a win-win um, because, okay, you you leave and you take the shit that I don't want with you. Like, I'm aware this is a negotiation, you can imagine Laban thinking, but I don't see a downside to this. I mean, you did have trouble identifying women to their face while your penis was out. Maybe you're just that stupid. <laughs> and so Laban goes for it. And then Jacob plays him with that hard. Um, so what you're seeing here isn't a case of as much of a case of, of Jacob fucking over Laban because he was totally being generous. He wasn't being generous. To like he was laying the groundwork for a standard contractual negotiation in a relationship where he has a history of fucking over people who are in contractual relationships with him. Um, so I'm kind of a little bit team Jacob on this one. Uh, All right. Fair enough. So so yeah, and that's that's pretty much all it is here. Is this? But this is, this half of a chapter taken out of context. Yeah, taken, and that's like we will come back to this with the Bible constantly. This anything taken out of context can tell a very different story. This out of context tells the story of Jacob's an asshole, which you know, okay, fair, um, but also maybe not in this specific instance. Like this is kind of him getting back on the whole Leia and Rachel thing, uh, keeping in mind that the intermediary chapter was them basically competitively child breeding him. Like, dude's tired. <laughs> I imagine. Like, I'm tired. I'm tired. <laughs> I'll have a nap. Then fire the missiles. Sorry, very, very old internet reference for those of you who are as old as I am. Um, Anything else you wanna wanna dig into on this guy? Again, fairly short text, but you know, straightforward. I think. No, I think I think that's that's pretty much it for me. All right. Um, so as I uh, as I pointed out, um, we are starting to make our way into the story of Jacob as an independent agent. We've got um, uh, we're going to have a reconciliation with Esau before too long. Laban's going to come back a couple of points. Uh, there'll be some back and forth. We will eventually. And I think it's, we're going into chapter 31. I'm looking ahead. I think it's chapter 35, maybe? Yeah, chapter 35, where we get that fateful wrestling match. Uh, so we'll have plenty of warning for you to get in all your WW whatever gear. So, you know, I, you get a couple of pile drivers and it'll be, a, it'll be a fun episode, fun episode. Um, but in the meantime, we have the back and forth with Laban. We have Jacob. We have uh, all of that. And there's a lot to happen. Uh, so if there's nothing else, let's go ahead and call it then for today.
Um, if you've made it this far, as usual, thank you very much for sticking with us. Uh, I, I'm pleased to announce, I don't believe this was as depressing as our last episode. Um, it was mostly just Jacob being a wise ass, which, you know, I, I have something I'd like to tack onto that episode after we're done with this one, if you don't mind, actually. All right. Um, so anyway, if you're, if you're still with us, thank you for sticking around and check out all of our various links below the discords popping, the church is doing its thing. And if Courtney asks you to, will thou like, share, and subscribe? Please do those things because they are helpful things to us. And the more views we get, the closer we get to making this feel like a legitimate thing, what we're doing. Um, so we yeah, try. If, if only for the sake of our own poor floundering egos, uh, please pass it around the internet a little bit. Uh, other than that, um, come join our community. We're a loving bunch of crazy folk. I'm going to be happy to see you. Uh, if you're in yes, Japan, we got an address. You can come hang out. Uh, otherwise, yeah, check in with you next week, and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.